Welcome, 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 listeners. This is Lo, and this is a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. And I have a gorgeous guest on today. She is my friend. She is a badass lady entrepreneur here in New York City, and she's also heavy in the wellness space. So let's welcome Sarah Levy to the show. Hi, Hi guys. I'll do little claps over here. You can't see me, but I'm dancing, so I'm so excited. I am our own studio audience today. (laughs) Um, So Sarah is the founder of Y7, which is an amazing yoga studio. Well, God, you have like a hundred studios now. Not a hundred, but... (laughs) 12. 112. It, it's close. It's like over under, whatever. Yeah. Um, round up. Yeah, we love to round up, but Y7 is one of my favorite yoga studios here in New York City, and it really is a movement. If you live in New York, you know about Y7. It's a totally like, I don't know. I went to Y7 when you guys had that tiny room in Brooklyn. Wait, do you want to hear the best story ever? Yes. Can I sidebar a second? Yeah. You probably don't remember this, but my sweet husband, I remember when you came to that <laughs> and because we were checking everyone in. Yeah. And I hear my sweet husband go to you, you look really familiar. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And you were like, um... He's like, are you sure you haven't been here before? And you're like, I was on a TV show. <laughs> and he was like, oh. I was like, oh my God, Mason. Back in, so embarrassed. Back in my days of panic about being on a TV show. I care less now. But that was like a couple years ago. Yeah. And I didn't live in Brooklyn. but So I used to do, when I was living in LA, I used to go to this um, yoga class where the teacher would like bump hip hop the whole time. And it was really like a cardio flow. And it was, it was awesome. It was not in the dark. So it was like not Y7. But I was living in New York for many years and could not find yoga that was anything close to that. And I loved it because it was like so upbeat and it was so fun. And so I read about Y7 somewhere or I heard about it and I thought, fuck, yes, this is happening. But it, I didn't live in Brooklyn <laughs> and it was the middle of winter. And so I was walking down these like dark, icy streets in Williamsburg. <laughs> and it was, that was before it was like really built up. That was, that was 2013. Yeah, that was 2013 is a long time ago. Yeah. And so I loved it. But then I was like, fuck, I can't go to Brooklyn in the so, snow. This is so hard. <laughs> All hard. the time. Um, but I love Y7. So I would love for you to tell our listeners who aren't familiar with the business, um, you know, who aren't New York gals, like what your inspiration was and like the method itself. Because it really is really, it's super unique. And that's why I love it so much. Um, so Y7, our whole thing is sweat dripping, beat bumping, candlelit yoga. <laughs> and it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, I was super uninspired by the yoga scene around me. I love what yoga stands for, right? I love the idea of mindful movement and really connecting with your body and having this practice that is really meant to take you from, you know, age like toddler until you're like 95 right Mm -hmm. and it's truly for everyone but as I was taking studios like around the city and you know just trying different classes out I found that I didn't really feel that way and I always felt a little excluded every time I went to a studio I either didn't know enough Sanskrit I didn't know enough Dharma that was being referred to or I didn't um I didn't know what level I belonged in. There's so many different types of yoga. There's, you know, Sangha, Bikram, uh, Karma, uh, Kundalini, Vinyasa. And I was like, oh, who? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would go to one class and 
it would be great. And then I'd go at the same time next week and it'd be completely different. And I found it really hard to build a consistent practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and in a place where I felt like really supported and that I wasn't like, you know, mirrors and all of that, like really, I was taking like a hard look at myself and judging myself and what I looked like and trying to look like the instructor or the person next to me. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me. And I found myself not relaxed at all. Um, so Y7 is a dark mirrorless candlelit room Mm -hmm. and we did that. So it's really meant to be just you on your mat. You're focusing on what your body feels like, what the poses feel like in your body. Mm -hmm. You're moving in a way that is organic and unique to you. You're not told to look like anybody else. And you still get that really great support, though, of the group class environment, right? Because you have all these other people. If you look around, like... It's the energy in the room, right? Yeah, like everyone is like doing their thing, right? And everyone is going through the same thing. They're being, you know, told like what sequence to do, but everyone's unique in their own way. And, you know, if someone's having like a shitty day and they want to lay down on the mat during flow on your own, great. If you want to throw in those extra chaturanga push-ups, which we all see people do, <laughs> great. You not know, me. <laughs> not, also, not, also not me. I'm like, I'm just going to stay here. I'm done. Child's pose. I'm like, I went through each side once. I'm done. Yeah. Um, and that's the really cool thing I think about Wise Heaven is that it's um, really made for everyone to explore their own practice. And we've kind of found that it's a little bit of sort of a gateway drug to yoga. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, like I didn't, I didn't know that this is what yoga is. They come to more classes. They start asking questions. They maybe try a different class and then they, you know, find what their little niche may be. And mm-hmm. it might not be Wise Heaven. And like, that's okay. Right. So... So what I think about Y7 that's interesting is that the whole class is in the dark. So would you recommend it for somebody that's like brand new to yoga or would you invite somebody into the studio that has been to a couple classes just so that they like know what the instructor is talking about? Yeah. So we always... Like how did you come to that decision, right? Yeah. So the thing is, is that I think people always try to put themselves into a beginner category Mm -hmm. and I wanted to kind of scrap that. Mm. And I wanted to be like, just throw yourself in there. Because if you start at this beginner level, I, I found what happens is that people are like, well, I'm just sitting here like on my mat for an hour and a half being mm-hmm. told like how to raise my arm properly or sure. stand correctly. And I think that like sort of long lead deters a lot of people who could really benefit from the practice, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, I made that decision for it to be really open level and that's kind of the point of the flow on your own. Right. And like the teacher will give you modifications. You can Mm. do a bind, you can take the handstand hops, you can, you know, go into a more advanced pose if you want to, but you also don't have to. And we make sure to, you know, we still use Sanskrit, but we use pretty basic, like layman terms, I would say too, to make it super accessible. Like it's always followed by the Sanskrit so Mm -hmm. you can pick up on it, but it's never solely about that. Right. Um, and then we do have, so the we flow hard format is the one where you're doing the three flows and you're really like just kind of kicking it the whole class. And then we also do have a slow burn that I recommend for beginners. So you're not, you know, it's guided the whole time. There is no flow on your own. So it's a little bit more, I think it's harder because mm-hmm. you're staying in the poses a lot longer. And I'm like, get me the fuck out of this high lunge before my hip gives out. <laughs> um, but it's a nice way to kind of get used to the poses and, you know, get familiar with the practice if you're newer. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. So what I notice about yoga studios in particular that I feel like there's like certain followings or certain types of people that like go to different yoga studios. Tell me about the Y7 person. Oh. <laughs> Man or lady. 
I, they are both. Do you I, agree that like yeah. it's so it's specific so, it, to studio? I, and I love it. Like what I love most about our clients is that I, wherever it's like, we've worked really hard to make sure that when you walk into the studio, you feel home, mm-hmm. right? No matter which one you're in, that there's always like a similar vibe. And like, we really, you know, that's, we just try to make it really, really consistent. But I would say the Y7 client is intense. Mm-hmm. They want to work fucking hard. <laughs> Sometimes a little too hard. Like I see people in class, I'm like, oh, I can't, like, how are you still breathing? <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, going into handstands, the push-ups. But I love that because they're really making the practice about themselves and where they want to be. And I think that's kind of the cool thing where because it is so open level that we are attracting like all sorts of different people mm-hmm. that you wouldn't really see in, you know, a more traditional studio. A ballsy type of yoga client. Yes. I mean, just the fact that you take on doing the class in the dark says a lot about the person who's taking the class. Totally. <laughs> and I love it. Every single, every woman in there is just like shirt off, only in a sports bra, yeah. no matter what. Every guy is always in there, shirt off. Like everyone is so, like you feel like you're in it together with everyone in it to win it yeah like by that third flow and everyone's like what is happening yeah I know by the end of the class but I actually love the third flow of the class so okay so you're getting a lot of yoga badasses that come to your studio I love that what a great reputation to have right it's like fun it's the people who you know don't take themselves too seriously Mm -hmm. and I found that you know it might it's probably not the studio for a yoga purist Mm -hmm. you know someone who has been practicing for 10 plus years and I don't, it's not, it might not be the place for them and that's okay. Like this is just the way that I really wanted to practice and I wanted to have fun with it. I wanted to laugh at myself mm-hmm. because I can't open my eyes because there's so much sweat in that. I'm like I wanted a workout and I wanted everyone to have fun. Right. I guess that that is an interesting idea, sort of like the purity of the yoga thing because I've like read about that and heard about that, mm-hmm. you know, people that are very traditional versus some of these new studios like your own that sort of follow a newer um, model that's like a little bit outside the scope of traditional yoga. So like do you feel like you – do you feel like pressure to conform ever or are you just really confident in in what you're doing and how you're approaching it you know after I did my yoga teacher training like the highest form of enlightenment is really letting go of your ego right Mm -hmm. and it's letting go of that urge to kind of look around you and make that judgment so you know that's kind of my point to everyone else is that like if people are moving their bodies and they're practicing yoga that's a good thing, no matter what type you're practicing, mm-hmm. right? It's, again, like, it's a way to connect with your body. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm of the same train of thought as you are. I see it in the same way. It bugs me when I go to places and it's like, you have to do it this way. You have to do it that way. And it's like, no, this is an expression of my body and my energy and how I want to be in this world. And I think So it's lay also, off. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> a recognition of the fact that, like, you and I have different bodies. Totally. Like we, our legs are different lengths. I'm sure our arms are different lengths as is our like torso. Our asses yeah. are exactly the same. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> that is, we are identical. You can't tell us apart. Twin butts. Twin butts. <laughs> but you know, to that point, like I'm not going to look exactly like you in a mm-hmm. pose and vice versa. And that's okay. So to have people say like, you have to look like this, mm-hmm. it's kind of counterintuitive because everyone's body is different. Right. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Obviously, it's a really competitive landscape, Mm -hmm. not just in the yoga industry, but just in like boutique fitness in and of itself, especially in New York. Um, So how do you guys rise to the challenge? You know what I mean? Like, why do you think that this type of fitness or approaching fitness from this boutique way has gained so much popularity because even six seven years ago most people were just going to the gym maybe they were going to soul cycle you know what I mean and now at least for me I just go to boutique fitness studios I've totally changed my behavior in that regard yeah I mean for someone like for me personally I have a very uh low motivation threshold for working out Mm -hmm. so I'm the one like at the gym like bouncing between machines every five minutes I'm like you know, here I am doing a bench press. I, I did it. it. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So for me, I really like the energy of it. And I like, I need the push of an instructor. Like that's me personally. Mm-hmm. But as we kind of like look around and see, you know, as I look around the studios, if I'm there and other studios too, I think it's really people craving a connection. Mm, yeah. And I, there are so many people who have like met at studios or like Y7 is a very big uh, date place, which I thought was so interesting. It's a big date place. Like people going on like early dates? Yeah, like early dates. Like this is what I love to do. Wow. And I'm like, ooh. I was like, I would never go on a date with anyone at Y7. I'd look so gross after. You know, I used to date a guy a couple years ago. He lived uptown and we would go to like 5.30 a.m. Rike at SoulCycle because he was a maniac. And I would look so disgusting afterwards. I don't know why he wanted to date me. But apparently he loved what I could do on a spin bike. <laughs> hey, girl. It's that ass. It's, the, it's that booty, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I think what's interesting about sort of the booty fitness concept is this idea of community, right? Mm-hmm. And you see these communities um, developing around not just studios but around instructors, right. around the people that come to the class. And, I mean, you see like these whole like new friend groups for me yeah like oh like we bond over yoga and so we must be friends in every other part of our lives do you guys feel like you encourage that as a studio absolutely we do every studio actually has community events that we do once a month oh really cool studio so for you know any businesses companies whatever it is in like you know a couple block radius we'll like host a community night where Mm -hmm. you know we'll um we'll get like drinks and little snacks or whatever and just encourage people to really like spend time together and get to know mm-hmm. who your neighbors are totally you know? um which I think is really great and I I mean we do want... people come I, yeah. I, I'm too I'd be too shy to come I'm also I'm <laughs> that's also very shy truth. like about that stuff like, yeah I'm cool to like eat at the bar alone right but like that's like I don't know if I would ever go to the movies alone I like want to but oh, I'm, I'll like, go to the movies really? alone yeah because it's just dark in there yeah it's true like who cares <laughs> but I do when I go alone I go to like morning movies <laughs> on the weekends I'll go to like the 11 a.m. Yes. <laughs> go to the 11 a.m. but yeah I mean honestly me as a person like I would want to go to like my Y7 community night but I would just be too nervous to go so a like people come do people and, come yeah, on their and own people come on their own and I think it's cool because what I really encourage all of our front desk and studio managers to do is really build those relationships with mm. clients right so at least they know when they're going totally they know be somebody like, there yeah there'll be somebody there if it's you know a teacher or that they always go to mm-hmm. or the studio manager or the front desk like you know, it's always a sense of like, hey, how are you? Like, come in. Like, what, you know, that kind totally. of thing where we really encourage that. Because I think, 
you know, what's nice about the boutique fitness industry is that everyone is there for a similar reason, right? Like obviously, you know, someone might be going to get stronger. Another person might be going to, you know, just get a break from their day, but you're still going for yourself and Mm -hmm. doing something for yourself. And I think it's a really like fun way where like, if you're in a really hard class and you walk out afterwards and you're looking at the person next to you, you're like, what the fuck just happened? Right. It, you know, brings this sense of, uh, friendship together mm-hmm. I think yeah I really like that a lot um all right well maybe I'll come to one of the next community class or the com- go, community to, events as long as you're there if you're there I'll go too um okay so being a business owner is not easy no matter what business it is whether it's a yoga studio or you have an Etsy shop or you like run a beauty brand it's tough shit every single day and not just because of like the amount of work but there's so many elements that go into running a business so I'd love to kind of just get into your founder story a little bit and talk about you know why did you start the business like how did you even come up with the idea I mean we already touched on that a little bit but like how did you actually do it? Because I get asked that a lot. Like, how did you actually start this business? Like, did you pick up the phone and cold call people? Like, did you go out and do X, Y, Z? Like, let's get into the logistics. So, yeah. So, why something actually started as a pop-up? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, it was um, on a fourth floor walk-up above the Roebling Tea Room in okay. Williamsburg. R.I.P. If anyone knows what that is. <laughs> so sad. Um, but... It was only on the weekends, mm-hmm. and it was free. But how did you even decide, okay, I'm going to do a pop-up? Who did you call? I, was that I like your beta anyone. test? You're like, this yeah, is what I'm going like, to do? Yeah, it was like, you know, my, um, he's now my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and we both really wanted a different practice. It was like him who was forcing me to like go to all these yoga classes, and I was like, I can't. I hate it here, I hate it here, I hate it here. I hate it here. Yeah. Please, I want something different. Sure. So, I want something jazzy. Yeah, I want mm-hmm. something like fun. Right. Um, and so he is like, I'm very lucky because he is like, I mean, he has like 10 different LLCs probably still active right now. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, he was like, oh, we'll just, you know, go on. Everything was done off Craigslist. Thank you so much, Craigslist. Wow. Um, R.I.P. But we, like, wow. Yeah, like, that's how we hired our teachers. That wow. is how we found the rentable space. And it was the two of us lugging up like, trunks filled with yoga mats up Mm -hmm. four flights of stairs in the middle of July Hmm. and we had this great little pop-up space for a month didn't that was kind of it that Mm -hmm. was there was nothing really beyond that and And it was free it was free wow that's brilliant it was free because we didn't uh, I didn't know totally who's gonna even want to come to this we flyered all over the place illegally in Williamsburg cool I don't know if I can still get in trouble for that. I don't think retroactively. Okay, great. I don't do that anymore. (laughs) Everything I do is legal. Um, And at the end of the pop-up, someone was like, hey, you know, I'd really love to like buy a package. And I was like, um, you know, I politely lied to her and was like, you know, we're really, we're working on getting our permanent space and um, I'll just take your email and I'll uh, I'll let you know when we have it. And that's the one you went to. (gasps) The tiny little 88 North first in Williamsburg. We checked everyone in the hallway. There was eight mats total. Yeah, it was tiny. It was so tiny. Um, and actually what really got us off the ground was, uh, Mary Biggins, one of the co-founders of ClassPass mm-hmm. was one of our first clients ah, cool. and it was still Classtivity at that time. Her and pal had just started mm-hmm. and she was like, Hey, like it was one of the times where it was like her and one other person in class, you know, it was like really small. And she's like, yeah. Hey, would you want to like be on this new platform? Um, 
you know, to get some people in. It's a really great marketing tool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, yes, please. Yeah, um, please. Let's get some people in here. Um, and we grew out of that space like really fast. We grew out of that space. We moved in there in September. We grew out of that in uh, March and then we opened. How'd you get such a short lease girl? Month to month, baby. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, that's how up until we just relocated Williamsburg for the third time, um, in the fall of 2017 Mm -hmm. and, you know, to a beautiful ground floor space that our clients really deserved showers and all. Wow. Um, but the space we had before that too was in like a green desk building, which is like kind of like a WeWork. Mm -hmm. It was like in the basement. No one wanted that space. I was like, yo, I'll take it. I was like, I don't need any lights. Can I have this? Can we do month to month? And they said yes. yes, Cause it was unrentable space for anyone else. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. And so it was getting really, really creative with kind of things like that and, mm-hmm. you know, just asking questions because I feel like, and that's why I love New York so much is because I do feel like I could have never done this anywhere else, right? It's, I, there was no business plan. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. There was no, like, these are my projections for five years. Like, there was absolutely nothing. There was no rhyme or reason to, like, you know, our initial pricing other than, like, what's everyone else charging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it was really like kind of a trial and error thing um, to see what would work, to see what our clients responded to and what was really bringing them back. And and then we got the opportunity to pop up in the Monster Cycle mm-hmm. in Soho in Manhattan. Um, my savings bonds paid for that security deposit. Nice. I called my parents. I was like, hey, ma. I got to do something. I was like, I still have those savings bonds, right? Yeah. That you're always talking about showing me where they are in the bank. And she was like, uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to need those. Um, and that really put us on the map, I think. Getting into the city and, you know, being easier and more accessible for people to get to was mm-hmm. a game changer for us. So, you know, everything else is kind of, it was just history from there. It's so interesting to hear you talk about kind of the origin story and how, not scrappy, but just real you had to be to get it off the ground. Like, hey, I'm going to use this space. I'm not going to charge anybody. I'm going to put up flyers and we're going to have to lug this shit all around town. I feel like so many people have such fear of having to actually do stuff like that um, or they're not aware that it's not glamorous at the beginning, that it stops them from even jumping in yeah do you know what I mean but every entrepreneur I talk to it's always the same story right and like I I didn't quit my job I had a full-time job totally for the first two years I quit my job in March of 2015 so Mm -hmm. up until we had our third studio I was still working full-time because again it was like I still want you know like I had to I have a rent to pay and now I have studio rent to pay and I want to make sure I can pay my teachers but I can still eat and I didn't want to put extra what I think is really great about the way that this happened is I was not beholden to, we need to make more money. Mm. So maybe let me try a class with weights or maybe let me try something different because one person asked for it, right? Like I, other people do classes with weights and I think that's great. It's not something that I feel super connected to. So I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to, you know, change what I wanted based on sort of a financial need which yeah. is why I worked so long because I really wanted to make sure we were in a good place to grow the business yeah it, it I think it's really a testament to your patience honestly when I hear That's stuff like that so nice of you because I'm very impatient no I I really think it's a testament to your patience because I get asked a lot like what is you know one of the first things you, you know 
people ask me for advice a lot, like business advice, like what should I do if I want to start a business? Da, da, da. And the first thing I tell them to do is to not quit their job. I say, do not quit your job. You need to beta test this in some way, shape or form. And you need to keep your salary and your security until you know that you have something solid that you can actually live off of. Right. Because it, if you don't, the stress that you're going to be under is enough to like shut down your new 100%. idea. <laughs> Or you're just like, I can't do this anymore. And you start to hate it. Yeah. And I think that's like, and that's the kind of shame about it. And like, listen, everyone, and again, like, I think, you know, there's, I think we were in the right place, right time in terms of where boutique fitness was going and like Mm -hmm. how it was trending. And I'm really thankful that like, New York, every everyone has like three, four jobs. So. Totally, <laughs> it's like it's normal it here. Really, yeah, like this is my job. This is my gig. This is my, this side, my hustle. side hustle. Exactly, this is, I do this. Like I do that, and it's like cool because I felt really supported mm-hmm. by other people who are kind of on the same journey. Where I could be like, "Fuck, I got to go to my day job." Yeah, and then I, but I'm also doing this. Yeah, and it was like, how can I help you? Like you know, so that I. I knew a lot of people who were kind of in the same boat trying to start their own thing, which I think was really, really cool and helpful to be around. Yeah, totally. So fast forward a couple years. Now it's 2019. Um, How do you maintain your wellness? And that could be like your sanity, your mental health, Mm. your physical body. You know, like I feel like everybody, like when you talk about wellness, there's one thing that's like the first thing for them. Like what it is, what is it for you? And like, how do you manage it day to day? Because it's different um, for everybody. It's different for everybody. And I love, I kind of love this conversation because it, it looks so different for everyone. And totally. for me, it's like, I really love a glass of wine. Like I really yeah. like, that is like my, the day is over. I can kind of sit back and just like breathe for a second. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's like the signal to my brain that like, okay, you can like relax a little bit now. But It's like, I, you know, I think a lot of people have these beautiful routines and I wish I was one of them. I'm not, I'm like sitting on the couch watching Netflix and binging something ridiculous. And that for me allows me to shut my brain off. Yeah. That's what I need. Like a lot of times when, you know, we're still a startup, we're, you know, just going to be turning six in, I mean, I would even say September because I don't even count really the pop-up because there was nothing, you know. We weren't running it, you know, a full space like right. we were then. And I, you know, I can't, it's really hard for me to shut my brain off. If like I'm in silence, I'm like, oh God. Yeah. So like, you're I giving yourself so the space. Much. Right. And you know, that goes back to like why one of the reasons we play music in the classes is because I truly lose myself in like the music when I'm like singing or like listening to a song or I'm like singing along or like I'm dancing like a little bit in the poses. <laughs> and that really helps me to disconnect as opposed to sitting in silence people being like okay now relax empty your brain I'm like how do I do that I'm like but I have so many things to do and I like get antsy and I forget the reason that I'm trying to relax right yeah of course so we're start still on the I love wellness podcast still trying to come up with like the name for this but we've talked about it with everybody so far and like it's the idea of like oh I'm having a glass of wine and like I'm watching Netflix and like that's my version of self-care I know that self-care is like trendy right now but we're going to talk about it anyway but it's sort of it's almost like it's not anti-wellness and maybe we can like brainstorm offline about like how I'm going to, what I'm going to call this segment. But I've been asking people like, what is your like secret wellness thing? So for you, it's a glass of wine and it's some TV. It's some TV. It's like plopping my ass on the It's, you know, everyone's (laughs) like, I meditate. I'm like, Oh, I'm so jealous. 
But you know what? In a way like, that, like, if you can shut down your brain in a listen, different way, then that's fine too. This is who I am. Exactly. <laughs> Take or leave it. You have to do like what feeds you, what feeds your soul, what makes you feel better. I yeah. love Netflix and I'm also, we talk about this, I'm a huge aficionado of taking really long, like obsessively long, obnoxious baths. I take a bath for like an I hour every day. And then I also sit in the steam room too. I'm like a spa freak. <laughs> I love that. It's, well, like it's nice. And like sometimes I even get up and do it before I go to work. Which is like totally, I think that's like, like, like where maniacal. Is low. <laughs> like, just, oh, she's in the bath. She's literally taking a bath. So we have um, to get you one of those things that do you have one of those little trays? Of course I do. Of the bath. Okay, I just want to make sure you had the proper setup. If I you're have in there. this tray. Okay. I, I my tray is metal. I was thinking about getting a teak tray mm-hmm. just to sort of like up the aesthetic a little bit. Have a candle on there. You I have a have candle. Your wine. You have a little, the like. The book holder slot? I Yeah, for me, it's my iPod. My iPad. Yeah. IPod, uh, iPad, yeah. Something that I'm trying to do this year is put down my devices and read more books, honestly. So, like, I should be just reading a book in the bathtub. Yeah. But I'm doing a lot of Netflix and soaking. That's okay. I love that. You know what I, I mean? that's great. I think it's really nice. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about, like, your morning routine and your evening routine? Yes. Uh, what time do you go to bed? I'm always really fascinated by this because I go to bed early and wake up early and everybody thinks I'm a crazy I so wish I was you because <laughs> I'm the worst sleeper like I'm a terrible t- I hear I this always, from everybody I though, know that everybody's an awful, awful sleeper I'm an awful it takes me do you have lights out here yeah well I'll take more take more, take more girl. <laughs> um I I read every night before bed that's great. That's good sleep hygiene. I read every night. Um, it helps make my eyes tired. And like mm-hmm. I've, I'm able heavy. to kind of like, yeah, they get like heavy. I'm able to focus on something else mm-hmm. um, instead of the million things that are running through my brain. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I do that. But I'm also, I, I'm awful in the morning. My poor husband. Like what? Like, it's time to get up. I'm like, no. Do you have a hard time getting out of bed? Hardest time getting out of Is bed. Is it just because you've slept badly and so you're just so fatigued? No. I just don't want to get up. You're just like sour grapes in the morning. I'm just sour grapes in the morning. I get a coffee and then I'm fine. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I don't know why. It's never like, I don't know, but like bed is so comfortable. Yeah, I know. I mean, I it's like terrible to have to that. get dragged out. And once I'm like awake, if I, once I, no matter what time it is, like once I sit up, I'm fine. But it's like the act of sitting up where I'm like five more minutes. Yeah. So I have a problem, a social life problem here in New York because I go to bed so early and I wake up so early that I don't want to go to dinner with you like after 6.30 p.m. (laughs) Truly. If someone's like 7.30, I'm like, that's a little late for me. Um, I do a lot of like meals right after work, which some of my friends appreciate because they have to like get home to their husband or go to Brooklyn or whatever. But I literally fall asleep at 9.30 some nights. Um, So I love that. (laughs) But I wake up early. I'm cursed with waking up early. And on the weekends, it's not like I can be like, oh, it's the weekend. I'm going to just sleep longer. No, no. I'm awake at 6.30 every day, no matter what. No alarm. Just laying there like, hi, I'm ready to start. Hello. (laughs) Are you awake? Do you want to hang out? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I My group t- chat with my friends, I text them every weekend morning at like 7. I'm like, who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to get a tea? Who wants to do this? Who wants to do this? And who I don't get responses to- for like five hours. Everyone's like, shut <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah, shut up. Literally shut up. Go but away. that's just me. Luckily, my boyfriend also ri- is a really early riser, and he goes to sleep really early. So we're very compatible that's in that regard. Nice. Like, thank God. But I have one more thing that I kind of want to talk to you about. Um, If you were not 
doing Y7 and like this crazy boss lady, do you feel like you would be on a different path? Like what would your parallel universe life be like? You're like sliding doors life. I, you know, I was, so I was working in fashion. Oh um, yeah. I was an account executive. Um, and I worked, um, I worked at a brand for a couple of years and then I went to a multi-line showroom mm-hmm. and you know, I was selling clothes yeah. uh, to department stores and small boutiques around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would have stayed doing that. I wasn't like, I loved my job. I like, I had a great time. Like I got to travel, like it was really fun. Like I loved who I worked with, Yeah. but I don't know. I think at some point I would have started to feel a little unfulfilled. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just a shirt, you know, at totally. the end of the day. And I think. I always wanted to do something also in the nonprofit space. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and you know, luckily we're able to have that with Y7. We actually have um, a nonprofit that we run through the studios called Freedom to Flow. So I'm able to kind of get, you know, my fill that way with it. But I think I probably would have ended up going somewhere in that route. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love working with kids. We um, built a school in Haiti. Um, in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really great. We raised like $40,000 to wow, build it. So great. like, yeah, there's some really amazing like nonprofits mm-hmm. out there that, um, you know, I always kind of had my eye on a little bit. So I think hopefully that's what I would be doing and still not working in fashion. Yeah. I don't know. But fashion, I had so much fun. So it was like, you yeah, know, I think I it just, you mean. but I, I do it, agree at the end of the day, like it is just a shirt. It's just a shirt. And I think it does get like, it's very t- working trade shows is like exhausting. Like mm-hmm. it gets really tiring. Like, you know, I only have a couple friends still left in the industry. Yeah. Like everyone else is kind of like, you know, at a certain point at like 30, you're like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. Well, I think that that leads me sort of like into the last question that I have for you, um, which I like to ask everybody is like, what is your best wellness advice? Like if you're tired, if you're down and out, if you hate your job, if you fill in the blank, X, Y, Z. I would, my advice would be to give yourself space to feel that and understand and figure out what you really want. I think people don't really sit with that a lot because they don't want to complain. They, or, you know, they do want to complain and they're afraid to kind of take the next step or they don't know what it is. I think you really have to just like sit with those feelings in that kind of area of uncomfortableness, if you will, to figure out like, okay, like this is what I like. Like, I think it's nice to like make a list. Like, what do you actually care about? Mm -hmm. Like, what are the things that get you excited? And then go from there. And there's, I, there's jobs that I didn't even know existed like in this world. So yeah. there's truly something for everyone. Like you can find something. It's just about taking the time and to kind of sit with that and also be willing to maybe take a step back mm-hmm. career wise. And yeah, that can be a really tough decision. Not everyone has, you know, the financial freedom to be able to do that. And, you know, I totally get it. But I think again, there's a way to kind of, you know, figure out how to do both. I love that. So listeners, make sure that you sit in your discomfort. I sit in my discomfort a lot and it always leads me to these creative moments. Um, and That's I think why she you takes so forward. many baths. That's why I take so many baths. Exactly. That's where the ideas come from. For sure. Um, so yeah, I guess just get comfortable with yeah. the uncomfortable and you do a lot of growth from there. And like every moment's going to pass. Nothing's permanent anyways. So That's yeah. like very like centered and yogi of you. I know it's like the it's the thing I like try and remember when I get super frustrated that I can't control everything. I'm like, well, I'm not going to feel this way forever and tomorrow's a new day and I can only control my reactions to things. So, that's the best I can do 
Exactly. And this too shall pass, meaning the time from this episode to next week's episode. So thanks, Sarah, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Bye.